بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على الأشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله أصحابه اليوم الدين أما بعد الحمد لله بالفضل الله سبحانه وتعالى we are able to uh, resume where we left off from our dhurus that we'll go through with one another in Umdut al-Fiqh by Ibn Qadama al-Maqdisi rahimahullah and we, where we left off we were within the middle of uh, Kitab Kitab al-Salah and who understand from this book, as just as a quick uh, reminder for those that are maybe unaware, this book is from the, yani, the first books that an individual would study when they are studying, when they intend to study the madhab of Imam Ahmad, yani, the Hanbali madhab. To the extent that some of Ahl al would encourage the Talib al to memorize it as well. The text is a significantly long text. And so the individual is encouraged to memorize the text. Not that every point that is mentioned within the text itself, as we've been going through sometimes, that every point, every mas'ala is going to be what is referred to as the rajah. Every mas'ala, every issue that is mentioned is going to be the issue, an issue that goes back to the strongest opinion. That might not be the case. However, what we do know is that it gives the Talib yani, a strong basis when it comes to studying that affair. And this is something that the scholars, they encourage generally anyway, that if a person is to study fiqh, then it's good that they study a particular madhab and study some masail in the madhab. And it grounds them in, partic- in understanding yani, how to navigate the masail and how to deal with the yani, adilla. And so it's not a case that Necessarily, an individual, of course, does not just say, I'm going to study the madhab and take everything from that madhab and act on everything just because it is the madhab itself. No. Because that's ittiba' and ittiba' from the Nabi, However, when it comes to the affair of the talib ilm studying and grounding himself in the study of fiqh, then no. He would, he, would under, he would seek to understand a particular madhab from the madhahib where he's able to access that ilm. So for example, he lives in a land where the, there's a particular madhab is prevalent, then he studies that madhab. However, he makes maqara he puts that alongside the adilla from the kitab and the sunnah. And so he doesn't give, yani, as we mentioned, as we, as we, in, in, what, we mean, what we mean by that is that he doesn't give this affair of taqlid to that madhab, rather it's a grounding for him in his talab. And uh, as mentioned, this is this particular text is a, a text in the madhab of the Hanabila. The madhab of the Hanabila. And here, alhamdulillah, we have reached Kitab al-Salah and the particular bab of al-Imama. The bab of Imama. But before we begin, um, before we begin al-Imama, we mentioned a particular narration from trying to find it now in our previous lesson.
Right, this is when the narration mentions Al-Salah fi Rihal. Al-Salah fi Rihal. And this is a correction. Right, this is a, the, the narration of Jabir ibn Zayd. And as a correction of this particular narration in the, in the, in the previous lesson we mentioned, I will translate it as Salah fi Rihal or Salah fi Rihalina as being in our journey. But Rihal uh, is referring to that in reality the buyut, you know, the manazil, the, the homes. So the salah fi rihalina, al rihal referring to the, the homes. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. Um, and now, as for today's dars, then we have, as we mentioned, abab al imama. So the chapter referring to the imama, the imamship, if you like, the one that is leading the salam. And so the Mu'allif, Rahimahullah, Ibn Qadama, he mentions Ra Abu, Mas- Abu Mas'ud al-Badri Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal Yu'amul qawm aqra'ahum li kitabillah azawajal Finkanu filkira'a sawa'an fa'a'lamuhum bis-sunnah Finkanu fil-sunnah sawa'an فأقدمهم هجرة ولا يؤمن الرجل الرجل لا يؤمن الرجل الرجل في بيته ولا يجلس على تكرمته إلا بإذنه and so Ibn Khudama begins by mentioning this particular narration I mentioned a particular narration which is found in Sahih Muslim. A particular narration which is found in Sahih Muslim. Where the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, narration of Abu Mas'ud, al-Badri, that the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, mentions that the individual that leads the people should be the one that is most proficient with the Book of Allah, as a wajal, and the one that has memorized most Quran. If their kira'a is the same, either memorization or their, and their recitation of Qur'an is the same, then the one that possesses the most amount of knowledge of the sunnah. If the knowledge of the sunnah is the same, then the one that has preceded in hijrah. And another narration mentions as well, if, in, if, it, if they are the same in hijrah, another wording, if they are the same in hijrah, then the one that precedes in age. And thereafter, he mentions, and then a man does not lead another man within his home. Nor does he take from his honor in relation to his ownership, except with his, with his permission. And so, what we mean, what is understood from that is no doubt if a person is within his home then it is his, um, he's the one that has the ownership of that home. He's the sultan of the home. And so no doubt an individual does not lead the salah in the home of another except with his permission. And so Shaykh and Shaykh Ubayy, rahimahullah, he mentions that this particular, this particular chapter is a bayan al-ahkam al-imam. So this particular chapter in and of itself 
is a clarification and an explanation of the ahkam and the ruling when it comes to and the imam and the one that leads the salah. وَمَنْ يَصْلَحْ imam And who is befitting to lead the salah. And so, we understand this, like who is the one, who is the one that is befitting to lead the people? Who is the one that is befitting to lead the people in the salah? And the answer is the qari al-kitab. Yeah, the qari. And so, Shaykh Ubaid, he mentions that the one that is the qari, or the one that is the the one that is the, the reciter of the book of Allah, and the one that has the most knowledge when it comes to the book of Allah, then when it comes to this individual, the time of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his zaman al-nabuwa, and the time after them, with regards to the fuqaha, if an individual was an individual that possessed ilm in relation to the book of Allah, then this was something which, along with that, came with fiqh. And so it wasn't a case of he's just half of a Quran, of the Quran. I just memorized, he's memorized the Quran and that's it. Now rather, we understand from that that he has memorized the Quran with the fiqh of that which is found within it. We understand that due to the narration of Abu Abdurrahman al-Sulami, where he mentions, "Qal hadathana al-ladina kanu yakraun al-Quran ufman ibn Affan wa ghayru annahum la yajawizuna ashra ayat min fami Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam hatta ta'alamu ma'naha wa amalu biha and so this narration of Abi Abdurrahman al-Sulami mentions that we spoke with those that used to recite from the book of Allah and we used to recite the Quran from them Uthman ibn Affan and other than him and that they would state that they would not surpass anything from the book of Allah I surpass 10 ayat except I ten ayat from the from the mouth of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu Except that they learnt those ayat, I by way of their meanings, as well as they acted upon it. So they did not surpass ten ayat, except that they learnt those ayat. I admit they learnt the meanings of, of those ayat, as well as the affair of acting upon it. So we understand from the acting upon the ayat or the learning the meaning of the ayat rather. What do we understand from that? When we say that the individual learns the meaning of the ayat. Tafsir of the ayat. Naam. What else? The ahkam found within those ayat. Because some of the ayat, no doubt, reveal ahkam. Rulings in deen. What else? Implementation. That's after, but in terms of what, what about me learning the meaning? So we learn the meaning of that, the tafsir. Now I'm learning the ahkam. Now I'm something else as well. Al amr wa nahi? Yeah, I mean, with the ahkam. Sabah al-nuzul. 
as well, for example, that the person will memorize this ayat and understand the meaning, the ahkam found within them, and asbab al-nuzul. And the reason why these ayat yani, have been revealed. If it is the case that these ayat that has been, has been revealed to us, by the reason. And so, thereafter, they will learn the ma'na of these ayat and then act upon them as well. Before yani, going on to the next ten. So we understand from that is that when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, here is referring to those that he والسلام, is not just referring to the one that has memorized the most or has the most the best tajweed. Rather, is the individual who's memorized these ayat and he knows that the ma'ani, the meanings of these ayat. So he has the fiqh of these ayat as well. And so it goes back to the affair of his ilm. It goes back to the affair of the knowledge that he possesses. And what we understand from that as well, from the same narration, uh, Abu Abdurrahman, as soon as we go to the mission as well, قال, So they used to learn يعني يعني the, the knowledge itself and the amal. And so this is the affair when it comes to someone that has memorized from the kitab. However, if the individual is regarded as the Qari, referred to as the Qari, however, he does not possess ilm al-shari'i. So the individual does not possess yani, knowledge in the sharia. So what we understand from this individual, the person is a Qari, yani, he's a recital of the Qur'an. Maybe he's half of the Qur'an. So he memorized ayat. And he memorized ayat, and he's proficient when it comes to tajweed of the ayat. Naam. In this case, then... The one that leads them is the one that possesses the greater amount of knowledge when it comes to the sunnah. Naam. Why? Because if this individual has greater amount of knowledge of the sunnah, then he's going to have knowledge of what? The Quran and Ahkam. The rulings. Remember, if we're talking about the remember we're talking about the individual leading the people in salah. So if you're leading the people in salah, naam, no doubt he has to possess ilm when it comes to the salah itself. Or possess ilm when it comes to imamah. What is upon him as an imam? What can he do? What can't he do as an imam? And so, if the person is in this scenario, then it's a case that he leads the people in salah if he has great knowledge of the sunnah. Allah Ta'ala A'lam, this is from the kalam of our Shaykh, Shaykh Ubaid. Now, the Shaykh goes on to mention, and if they are equal when it comes to their knowledge, naam, in this affair, then the one that takes precedence is the one that preceded in their Islam. I don't want to precede in Islam. And if they are the same when it comes to the Islam, then the one that has preceded when it comes to Hijrah. And it's from the Kalam of Shaykh Mashaykh Obeyed. Rahimahullah. Now, thereafter, Ibn Khudam goes on to mention the narration of Malik, Ibn Hawarif, Ibn Hawarif, and his 
إذا حضرت الصلاة فليؤذن أحدكما ولعمكما أكبركما نعم فإذا حضرت الصلاة فليؤم فيؤذن أحدكما وليعمكما أكبركما نعم وليؤمكما أكبركما نعم and so we have the narration as well of Malik ibn ibn al-Hawayrith and he mentions that if the salah has come then I in relation to this is in relation to the affair of the one that is traveling Shaykhari mentions the one in the, when two individuals are upon a journey Naam or can be other than that but primarily a journey we'll come to that after then one of you calls the adhan and the elder of the two, the most senior of the two of you, leads the other in the salah. Naam, so one of you calls the adhan and the elder of the two of you leads the salah. Toib, why do you think this is referring to um, the suffer and the journey, yani primarily, this particular narration? Because they're calling than themselves. Now, not necessarily that. Not necessarily that. They're calling it than themselves. Why? Why do you think this is referring to the Yani Asafar, the journey? Naam, Sheikh. Ahkam al Qasr wa Jama. Ahkam al Qasr wa Jama. Safar, lakin la yakun fi hadal hadri wai. Hadi ahkam to kun fi fi safar now. Which is only two people. Designated. Say say that again. I think you're right, but I don't I don't know. <laughs> now. Primarily now, essentially that's all the reason. Because it means in most scenarios there's going to be someone that is appointed to lead the salah. In most scenarios, there's going to be one that's appointed to call the other. So if it's an affair of the masjid, then the masjid, for example, the imam, if you talk about the lands of the Muslim, the imam is imam referred to as the imam ratib. Yeah, and he's, he's the imam that takes a wage. So he that's his job, he's the imam of that masjid. Naam. Kada al muaddin likewise the muaddin generally he's someone that's appointed for that masjid. If it's in the lands of the Muslims, then he's appointed by who? The? Hakim. Hakim. Nam. The ruler. And if it's in the lands of non-Muslims, generally, then it's going to be appointed by those that are the Mas'ulin of the Masjid. Nam. So, you want this, the affair of this individual leading Islam and that individual calling the Adhan does not, is not relevant or not generally relevant if we're talking about the affair of the Masajid. The clear. However, if you're on a journey, then no one has no one has been designated for that role. Likewise as well, even if we were to say that it's an affair or the salah has been established in the home, now then someone's already designated as well, due to the previous nation of narration. 
Aye, the home. Who's the one that's designated if it's been in someone's home? Sahib al Bayt. Yeah, the person whose home it is. So, generally speaking, when this when we have a notion such as this, then it's referring to suffer. Yeah, referring to the affair of the journey. Naam. And. Naam. And so, this is what we understand from this in Allah Ta'ala. A'lam. Likewise, as was mentioned in the narration, the previous narration, and a man does not lead another man within his own home. Naam. And so this is an affair of yani, honoring an individual within their home. Honoring an individual within their home. And he has the honor of being in charge of all of the affairs in the home. And from the greatest affairs, no doubt, is the ibadah that occurs within the home. So he's the one that is in charge of leading the salah. Illa bi'idnihi. Except if he permits. So he gives permission for an individual to do so. Does that make sense? He gives permission for a person to do so, then the person can, can, lead, can lead the salah. Shaykh Fawzam, hafidhahullah, he mentions this, uh, this uh, particular hukum. And... He makes maqarana, he compares this to the hukum in relation to the hakim, the sultan, the ruler. The ruler, he is the one that is, that has the authority to lead his people in the salah. Naam, so the ruler is the one that has the authority to lead the people in the salah. And these are from the ahkam, or these are from the sifat and the khisal, the characteristics of a good ruler that he presents himself with, that he leads his people in the, in, in the salah. Naam. And so, when it comes to a particular sultan, if he's in his land, and he is in the salah, aqamati salah, aqimati salah, the salah has been established. Naam. Then that particular, that particular leader, ruler, has the responsibility to lead his people, except if he does what? He designates someone else now. So he appoints another individual. And essentially, if you look at, for example, the Bilal Haramain, that's exactly what happened. So the affair of the Salah being established within the Masajid Amuman and within the Haramain, that is the responsibility of the ruler, of the Malik. And so he, Hafidahullah, he gives that, in the, that particular responsibility to the Imams. Naam, it gives a responsibility to the Imams in Medina and Imams in, in, in Makkah. And Kedah, and likewise. So, likewise as well, in the lands of the Muslims, specifically if we go back to as well, we mentioned the example of, uh, of the Mamlaka, in the Mamlaka Arabiya to Saudiya, in Saudi Arabia, is that you have Al Wizaratul Islamiyah, in the Islamic ministry. The Islamic ministry. Naam is the no, is the ministry that is in charge of all the Islamic affairs in the land. Naam from those affairs is appointing the Imam. So they work in um, or they work on behalf of who? The ruler. So what we understand from this affair. So when even though the narration mentions the home of an individual, Naam, 
We understand that this affair works, as, as, as you could say, in a macro level and a micro level as well. So on the macro level, in terms of the ruler and his subjects, the people that he rules over. And on the micro level, in terms of individual homes, individual households. So that individual, the man, when it, comes, when it comes to his home, he is the sultan of that home. So he's the one that has the authority in that home, and so he is the one that has the authority to lead the people in the salah or appoint someone. And he gives the, he's, it's upon his ibn. He gives, he's the one that gives the permission. And so it's not for a person to say, yeah, I'm going to lead the salah, baited for land, I'm going to leave the salah in so and so's home. Why? Because my uh, fellow, I have memorized more Quran than Fulan. Nah, this is not the case because this this is his home. This is his home. Wallahum. Thereafter, Ibn Khudama, Rahimahullah, goes on to mention من لم يعلم حدث نفس حدث نفس نفسه ولم يعلمه المأموم حتى سلم فإنه يعيد وحده. And so, likewise as well, Nukadama goes on to mention, and the salah is not correct and not accepted for behind the individual whose salah is fasida. Naam, I the person's salah is incorrect and corrupt. Except for the one that does not know he is upon, yani he has, uh, is upon uh, impurity. And likewise, the ma'amum, the one praying behind him, they know that he's a, or they don't know that he's upon impurity. So, then in this scenario, he repeats the salah himself. So if we repeat that, we'll repeat that. If the Imam is leading the salah, then and he's and he's upon impurity, the salah, the, the general qaida is that that salah is batil. Now the general salah, the general qaida rather, is that the salah is null and void. Now if the individual, the one leading the salah is, is upon impurity, and he's leading the people. So, then no doubt the, the salah cannot be correct because his salah is not correct. However, the darbit for this, or the key, the, the, the key point with this is that it goes back to the ilm of the ma'mun. So it goes back to what the, those that are praying behind the imam know and know what they don't know. Does that make sense? So, so if they know that he, that he, he, is not, he does not have wudu, my friend. So if they know this, and then they pray behind him, then the salah is batil for all of them. So if, however, they pray behind him, and they do not know, and they're not aware until after the taslim, so after the salah is over, then in this scenario, their salah is okay, their salah is, is correct. However, the salah of the imam is repeated. Now, the salah of the imam is repeated. Except for, if we're in the scenario now where the imam, he has impurity upon him. Mephalim. So he has uh, some uh, najasa on his flow. Mephalim. Now, and he prays. 
and he's only aware of it. For example, he looks down and he sees on his thobe some, some, some impurity. So, but he's the imam. In this scenario, who needs to repeat the salah? Nobody. If you remove, I'm saying he finds it after. He's done Taslim and then he sees the impurity. Who's, who needs to repeat the salah? The Imam or the Ma'mum? The Imam needs to repeat the salah. Nobody. Nobody. No. It depends on the situation. And for those right in between the two. Now. If you're able to remove it within the salah, after Taslim. Impurity. So he removed the shoes. So he removed the, the, the shoes. No, but he said that he never told him even when he was in Salah, he said he repeated. He didn't repeat what he had prayed. No. Sah. Sah. Essentially, the no repeats the Salah. Along with Barak, Muhammad, <laughs> he answered the next question I was going to ask as well. What is the delete? No, I mean, that's the delete. The, 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 the narration of the Messenger of Allah, so I said that when Jibreel came to him and he removed his shoes. No, he removed his shoes. And in this narration, we understand that he did not repeat any part of the salah when he was praying with that impurity, but when he's made aware of the impurity, he removed it. So in this scenario, going back to this, uh, this scenario now, it goes back to the end of the one that is praying. I'm the end of the one that is praying. And so, this is based upon the Qaeda. Sheikh Abayd mentioned that Salatu was sahih li'anna itiqaduhu bana'ala itiqadu fa'il. So, the Salat is sahih, the Salat of the one praying behind the Imam. So, for example, the Imam has no wudu, and the one praying behind the Imam. His salah is sahih because the affair is built upon the i'tiqad of the fa'il. What the belief of the, fa'il, of the one doing the action is. So what, the, what, is the, what is the belief of the one doing the action? He believes he's praying behind an imam that has wudu. So, so he's, he, has, he has that belief and that thiqah of the imam, he's praying with wudu. So because of that i'tiqad of the fa'il, i.e. the fa'il, the one doing the action, then the affair is sahih, that is salah is sahih. Now, because he's, he has wudu. Uh, he's the one, he's a ma'amun, but he has wudu himself. And he's praying behind the imam with the etiqad that the imam has the wudu himself. Now, so, based upon his etiqad, what he holds and what he believes in regards to that imam, his salah is sahih. Does that make sense? Is that clear? Barakallah Along with that, Barakallah fikum. If the Imam prays the Salah na'am, whilst knowing that he, he is, uh, he does not have wudu, مثلاً. he has impurity, then what is done in this scenario? He's, 
No, no, in this scenario, he just he prays. Nah. So in this scenario, he uh, what he does is he repeats the salah. Okay, I call the Sheikh, the Sheikh, the Sheikh Obed, Alayhi bit Tawbah. Nah, he has to make Tawbah. Nah, he's praying whilst knowing that he's not in, in not in, uh, does not have the wudu to pray. And so in this in this regard, upon him is to make Tawbah. So each of those scenarios. So we have, if we were to, to break them down, يعني, each one by one, then you have the scenario where the Imam does not have the wudu. Naam, the Imam does not have the wudu. And the people praying behind him know that he does not have wudu. Naam. Then the salah of everyone is batil. They're clear. Because they know. And we mentioned the affair is banal ala itiqadis. It's based upon what he believes, the, the ma'moon believes. The second is that he prays behind an imam that doesn't have wudu, but he believes he has wudu. Then who repeats the salah? The imam and not the people. And then you have the scenario, in each of these scenarios, the imam believes he has wudu. Naam. Then this next scenario is where the imam, he has the end that he doesn't have wudu. However, he leads the people in the salah. So, and the people pray behind him and they know he doesn't have wudu. Then who, who is it upon to repeat the salah? All of them. And then the fourth one, the imam knows he doesn't, he, he doesn't have wudu. The people believe he has wudu. Naam. And then he prays and finishes salah, then who is it upon to repeat the salah in this scenario? The? The Imam and also what is upon him? Atob. Yani because he is Athim. Yani he's blamed where he's sinful for that. Tob. Now. Now. Likewise, now I'm saying. Because they're praying behind the Imam whilst they knew that he didn't have a look. Now, so you're, it's a. Uh, it's an affair that the person is asking for that because you're, you're, you're doing the action whilst you know that you're opposing yeah, the Sharia and the, the, the Hadith of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Now, because if, by way of Hadith that you have to have wudu, you have to have ta'ara before the, the salat. And if you don't do this, then you oppose that. Wallah And so, Ibn Khudam goes into mission, Wallah to sih, khalfa ta'arika rukun. إِلَّا إِمَامُ الْحَيِّ إِلَى صَلَّى جَالِسًا لِمَرْضٍ يُرْجَى بُرْؤُهُ Naam. So we established that you can't pray behind the imam that is... Or you can't pray behind the imam, generally speaking, that, is, that doesn't have wudu. Yeah, it's not, not upon tahara. It has a hadith. Likewise as well, you cannot pray behind an imam that has left off a rukun. Now, you cannot pray behind an imam that has left off a pillar of the salah. Naam. So, a person, imam, for example, he leaves off the, the rukun. Now, you can't pray behind an imam that leaves off rukun. Or sujood. Or fatiha. Or takbirati ihram. Naam. 
And then Sheikh Obeid mentioned, uh, mentioned the in the exception. Illa Imam al So the Imam al I refer to the Imam of the neighborhood. Yani, we refer what we, we spoke about previously. Yani, the Imam al Ratib. So he's the Imam of the Masjid. And he prays sitting down. And he has a marat, yurja, buruhu. Naam, so he has, a, he has an illness that it is believed, it's not a chronic illness, yeah. it's believed that he will be, inshallah, uh, cured of that illness. The name of was mentioned, فَإِنَّهُمْ يَسَلُّونَ وَرَاءُهُ جُلُوسًا And so they pray behind him, sitting. Naam, pray behind him, sitting. Toyim. The first thing, is, as we mentioned, is this is the Imam Al-Hay. So referring to the Imam Al-Hay, I due to the fact that he is the designated Imam of the Masjid. Toyim. If now, there's a scenario where there's not a designated Imam, Toyim. Are we going to say that the one that can only sit down should leave? No. Rather, the one that the one that stands should be leading the salah. If there's no one designated, however, this is the this is an individual that is a designated imam. This individual is a designated imam of the masjid, and so this is why Ibn Khudama mentions that they should the individual prays whilst uh, sitting and sit with the imam. My question. Why do they need to sit? Why do they need to sit if the Imam is sitting? In the Majul Imam, to Mabihi, and then the Al Hadith of Nabi, indeed the Imam has been appointed to be followed. Naam, essentially the Hadith of Nabi, that's one reason. That's one reason. So the one reason, uh, due to that narration. The Imam has been appointed and placed to be followed. What else? And Rasulullah was married. Was married, uh, he prayed, sit. People behind him, follow him. He was behind him when he was married. Marad, the Marad of his, uh, Before, uh, his, of his death. Now, the people pray behind him, sitting. Uh... What else? Why, why is this the case? You don't precede the Imam close. You don't precede the Imam close. Why? Why can the people not stand whilst the Imam is sitting? Why can a person not say, I can stand, so why can't I just stand? Why or why not? Can't compete with the Imam now. We're in the ballpark. <laughs> Opposition. It's still there. I'm a movie that's about the Imam. Come and call now. And essentially. It's because the salah of the ma'moon cannot supersede the salah of the imam. Naam. So if the person is praying sitting, 
no doubt there's a naqs in the salah. Now in the salah there's a degree of naqs in it. It's deficient. Why? Because the salah that is that is that is uh, that takes precedence is the salah where the person is standing. Let's go dalik. So if now the Imam is sitting, so there's a naqs in his salah, it cannot be a case that the people praying behind him, naam, have a salah that supersedes that of the Imam. And so, it's, a, it's one that if the people sit, then the imam, uh, if the imam sits rather, then the people must sit as well. Because of this now, you have uh, the narration where it mentions, the uh, narration we mentioned uh, just a while ago, in the imam And indeed, the imam has been appointed in place to be followed. This narration of Abu Hurairah is a proof for the one that was sitting, that the people sit. Naam. However, we have a narration, the same narration mentioned in relation to the the death of the Nabi alayhi salatu and or the marad of the Nabi alayhi salatu and the Nabi alayhi salatu he appointed who to pray? Abu Bakr and Abu Bakr prayed how? standing or sitting? standing so because of this you have Yani Qawlan the two statements in relation to this. You have those that take this narration of, of the Salah of Abu Bakr anhu, and then they mention that if the Imam is not able to stand then the Imam would appoint someone that is able to stand. Naam, and they use this narration. And then they say that this narration as well is Nasikh Naam, it's a, it's a narration which abrogates the first narration. How do you know we can abrogate the first narration? So this gets the brain cells moving, inshallah. How do you know it came after? It came after something about timeline as well. How do you know it came after? Towards the end of his life, alayhi salatu salam. So we know if any narration that came at this point in time, that almost definitely is going to يعني, come before anything that, any other narration related to that mas'ala. So with this now, they say that this narration abrogates the narration before. However, then you have those that say you can make jamat between the two. That you can reconcile between the two. And in this jamat, they mention that um, if the marid is in his home, if the person, if the person is the marid in his home, then the people pray behind him sitting down. Now, however. If it's within the masajid, then they pray standing. Naam. And so they make this jump between the two. Allah Ta'ala knows best. 
But this uh, seems like it's, it's, it has kuwa, this particular coal. And something that we mentioned previously, and we mentioned on a few occasions as well, the ma'amala, when it comes to the nusus, where there seems, there seems to be a, uh, an apparent ta'arut. How do we deal with the text where there's an apparent uh, difference between the texts? Now, and the first thing that we do is what? We try to make jam. And so the call of Thani was what? Was what? Jam between the two. That's the first thing you try to do. You try to reconcile between the two. Reconcile meaning that this can be correct at the same time this can be correct. Naam. If you can't do that, then you look at Nasikam and Suf. If you can't do that, then Tarajik. Naam. Jayid. Thereafter, and the Quran wants to mention, وَلَا تَسِحْ إِمَامَةِ الْمَرْأَى وَلَا مَنْ بِهِ سَلْسَلُ الْبَوْلِ وَلَا أُمِّيَ الَّذِي لَا يُحْسِنْ فَاتِحَةً أو يخلو بحرف منها إِلَّا And so here, Ibn Qadama, Rahimahullah, goes on to discuss those the individuals that should not are not befitting to lead the salah. Now, individuals are not befitting to lead the people in salah. And so, Ibn Qadama first, he mentions, وَلَا تَسِحُ إِمَامَةُ الْمَرْأَى and so the salah of the woman is a salah which is not يعني, regarded as being correct. I the imama, the woman. So the woman leading the people in the salah. Shaykh and Shaykh Obeid, he mentions a point here, an, an important point here as well. Uh, and he mentions an individual, a woman by the name of Amina Wudud. Now, Amina Wudud from America. And he referred to as a mulhida. Yeah, and an individual that is yeah, upon this, this uh, itiqad of atheism and the likes of them. Where she sought to lead the people in Salatul Jum'ah. She sought to lead the people in Salatul Jum'ah. No doubt that Salah is batila. Naam, because either Salah of the, of the woman or the Imam of the woman is led to sihr. Uh, the woman does not lead the people in a salah. So, and this is now, and this is a, a fair relation to that. Um, and the reality is that the woman is laser than ahlul kiman. I, the woman that doesn't, does not have يعني, the, the complete characteristics to be one of a leader. As the Nabi referred to them, Nakisar, to Deen and Aqil. They have deficiency when it comes to Deen and deficiency when it comes to يعني, their uh, intellect and reasoning. And what we understand from this Barakallahu Fikum is that. When the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, for example, mentioned the naqisat, the deen, they have naqs in their deen, then how is this understood? How is this uh, d- described and understood by Rukhullah Fikum? 
when they say the nuxes and deficiency in Dean. Why they say deficiency in Dean? They don't. They don't. They don't perform actions of ibadah, yani, for the whole month. It may. There may be times where they're restricted from ibadah from that month, due to, yani, menstruation, or due to, yani, personal interbreeding other than that. Likewise, and when it comes to the affair of the salah, which we're discussing here, that there's no qadat for that salah. Whoever salah that she misses due to those affairs. Then there's no call out, she doesn't make that up. As for her fast now, then in the scenario, in no scenario, she makes up the, the fast. However, the salah does not, she does not make up the salah. So, look for that, we cannot not now be said that this is the same as the one uh, or the fair of the man that prays that or is upon him to pray for every single day of the month for him to. So, if we say this now and we put this in, in, in the context of, uh, of the imama, I lead in the salah. And it could now be said that the woman should lead the people in the salah. She should be placed as Imam Ratib, for example. But now she can't come for the next few days. Naam. She can't, or she, she just had a child. So that we don't have an Imam for the 40 days. Naam. Yes. Yeah, uh, the reality is, is that the affair is one for the Rijal. And so now, Sheikh Sheikh Obey mentions the example of this woman that led these people in the Salah. And essentially, it's just a reflection of the times that we're living in. Where you have ahkam. And you have ahkam that may be referred to as ahkam ma'aluma bidurura. Naam. So rulings that are not, rulings that are understood and known, yani, by necessity. You have to know these rulings. So, and you have اعتقادات معلومة بالضرورة يعني the things when it comes to our creed that you have to know نعم and the times that we're living in that people you have individuals that will rebel against them rebel against the ahkam rebel against the اعتقادات so, so for example if we're referring to اعتقاد the اعتقاد the creed of the Muslim that we believe in Allah and we believe in the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then you have those individuals that come after, and the Ahmadiyya, the Qadiyani, where they will say that there's someone that came after Nabi Alayhi Salatu Wasallam, opposing the Itikad, Ma'loom Bidurura, something that you have to know as a Muslim. Naam. Or you have, for example, Ahkam when it comes to the Salawat. Ahkam where it comes to how to pray. As Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam stated, Sallu, kama ra'itamuni yusalli. Pray as you see me pray. But you have individuals, these individuals refer to the Qur'aniyun. Naam, those that say that we only take from the Qur'an, we don't take from hadith. And then, if you ask them how they pray, then they pray in a way which opposes the salah of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Why? Because they can't pray in accordance with the sunnah because they reject the sunnah. By way of their bid'ah and kufr. And so no doubt, this, this action of this woman is a clear reflection of the times that we're living in where the, in, where the people become, where the people become uh, led astray essentially by the shaitan and beguiled by the shaitan to essentially oppose anything which is 
which was generally accepted by the Muslim. So the Muslims accepted these, these things without any discussion. And so, now, the Qadar mentions these, uh, these examples of individuals that the, uh, the individuals that the Salah should not be prayed <laughs> behind. And he also mentions the one that has sensor al bowl. I the individual that has yani uh, in, in consonance, urinate in consonance. So they, they, they cannot stop urinating essentially. Al-Sheikh Al-Sheikh Obedi mentions a good point in relation to this, that if a person, yani is musab, so he's a person that is afflicted with this, then the ruling upon him is that he washes, he washes, the, he washes the, any form of impurity and he performs the salah. He makes what one performs the salah. Was salat was sahih. And so if his salah is sahih, then no doubt, the salah of those that pray behind him is sahih. And so it cannot be said now that the person cannot lead the people to salah, essentially. And Allah knows best. However, if now, for example, this individual, he suffers from this, and the, he suffers from it to the extent that it affects where he's praying or how he's praying and the and likes of that. And of course, it's not, it's not something that's befitting for him to lead the people in the salah. Naam, it's not befitting that he leads the people in the salah in that particular scenario. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. And thereafter, in Khudama, he mentions the Ummi, the illiterate one. And when he's referring to the Ummi, does not necessarily mean the one that is literally illiterate. However, the one, as he goes on to mention, Yani Tafsiran, Yani the one, La Yusim Fatiha. An individual that does not, is not able to, to recite Surah Al Fatiha properly. Naam. And so that such an individual should not lead the people to salah. Except for, as I mentioned, illa bimiflihi. Naam, except for the one that is like him. I, the one that, so if there's two people together, for example, or it's a jama'ah, and none of them can recite fatiha, then someone still needs to lead the salah. So, so this ajas, as this inability does not prevent them from the salah, of course. It's only to pray the salah. And so the, the, the comparison between, that, the, between the two, or the comparison with this affair, is the same as the one, for example, that is not able to perform the sujood. So he's not able to perform sajda. Sajda, no doubt, is a rukun. Just as the fatah has a rukun. So the fatah cannot be performed within the salah because no one knows fatah, my fellow. But no one knows it to a good to a good degree. Taib, it's the same as the person, maybe due to a marah, due to an illness, is not able to perform sujood. It's still upon him to, to, to pray to the best of his ability. Naam, and this is the case. Likewise, Mukadam was to mention where you choose it al Timam al Mutawaddi bitayamun. Wal Muftarid bitanafil bil mutanafil. And so it's permissible for the one that is mutawaddi 
Naam. Or the one that has wudu to lead the the one that has made yani tayammum. And the one that is praying his obligatory prayer is permissible for him to lead the one that is praying yani the nafila. Naam. Then he goes on to mention وَإِذَا كَانَ مَأْمُومْ وَاحِدٌ وَكَفَ عَنْ يَمِينِ الْإِمَامِ فَإِنْ وَكَفَ عَنْ يَسَارِهِ أَوْ فَضَّ وَحْدَهُ لَمْ تَسِحَّ الصَّلَاةُهُ And so if the ma'moom, if the one that is being led in the salah is one individual, نعم, then he stands to the right نعم, of the imam. He stands to the right of the imam. And not to the left of him. And this is due to the narration of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu narration of Ibn Abbas, where it mentions. I where he prayed in the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in the home of his Khala and his maternal aunt Maymuna. And he stood to the left of him. He stood to the left of him in the salah. And the Prophet وسلم, moved him to the right. And so we understand from this, no doubt that the one that is leading one individual in salah that such an individual should stand to the right of the Imam. And in Khudam goes on to mention, Lam salah, yani the salah is not accepted, not correct, if the person stands to the left of the Imam, due to this particular narration. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. Likewise as well, if an individual stands by himself, yani one individual, Behind the saf, so it's one person behind the row. Likewise, lam salatu. Illa imra'a, except for if it's a woman. Naam. This is an important point to mention, ikhwan. So, for example, now, first and foremost, we shouldn't be in haste to, to, to come to the salah. Naam. But what you find sometimes with uh, with the, some ikhwan. Is in their haste to get to the self. They're not paying attention to the fact that they're coming into the message with someone else. So in their haste, they get to the self. So for example, this stuff here. Naam. And they see there's one, there's one more space left. But there's one more person behind him. But in his haste to get to the salah, he just gets to the self. He sees a space for himself, he gets there. Naam. But he doesn't take into consideration that there's someone behind him that's going to end up playing, praying by himself. So when a person comes to the salah, they should have that in mind as well, that they should not, not only should they not be praying by themselves in, in the saf, but they should not be leaving anyone by themselves in that saf as well, in the rows. And they should, be, they should be the one that is mindful of their surroundings. So that when, they're, when they're attending the salah, they're mindful of their surroundings. Mindful of the one that's coming to the saf. Mindful of, of that affair. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. And as mentioned, uh, the only uh, istithna, the only exception in that is that if it's the woman 
And if it's a woman, then she can stand by herself and she, she stands behind the roles of the men anyway. And Shaykh and Shaykh Obeid mentions why? Because the makan of the mar'a, the place of the woman, is khalf al-imam. Is behind the imam. And Shaykh Obeid mentions, hatta walaw kan zawjuha or mahramuha. Even if it's his, even if it's her husband or her mahram. Naam, because you find sometimes, so some, some Ahlul mentioned that the woman can actually pray next to her husband. Naam, in the same manner, of course. As we mentioned, so the, the, the husband leading the salah, he's the imam, and uh, the wife stand, because stand next to him. But generally speaking, as we understand, the makan of the salah for the woman is behind. So even if it's just two of them, I, the husband praying with the wife, then the husband should pray in front of the woman. Naam, at all times. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. Even though Naam is mentioned, you do find this, that you may find that there are some fatawa that mention that they, they can pray, the woman can pray next to the man. Naam. But if we, if in accordance with the other narrations that mention either the place of the woman, where she prays, and, and the benefit of where she prays, then know that this is the best place, place for her to pray. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. Naam. And... Now, and thereafter, Ibn Qudam goes on to say, وَإِنْ كَانُوا جَمَعَةً وَقَفُوا خَلْفَهُ فَإِنْ وَقَفُوا عَنْ يَمِينِهِ أو عَنْ جَانِبِ أو عَنْ جَانِبَيْهِ صَحَّ And so, if there are jama'a, now, if there are jama'a, so it's more than yani one. I say more than one person praying behind the imam. Then they pray, they stand behind. Da'am. And if they stand to his right, so you find him stand to the right of the imam, or they stand to either side of him. Da'am. Saha salah. So the salah is regarded as being Sahih and correct. And this is this down, this is due to the narration of Ibn Mas'ud Radio Anhuma Ibn Mas'ud Radio Anhu Wa Mash Sala Baina Al Kama Wal Aswad Fulemma Faraga or Fulemma Faragu Kal Hakala Raitu Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Sallam Fa'al. And so, this is narration of Ibn Mas'ud, where he prayed between Al-Qama and Aswad. Naam, between Al-Qama and Aswad. Tayyip. Al-Qama wa Aswad. Naam. This is a homework for next week, inshallah. Who is Al-Qama and who is Aswad? Yani, Al-Qama, who is Al-Qama, who is Aswad? Are their names? And, yani, the hukum, alayhim, what is there, what is said about them? Wadih? Jay. And so, he prayed between the two of them. And when they, they uh, completed the salah, 
he stated, and this is what I had witnessed from and what I've seen from the Messenger of Allah. I had the fact that he had one individual either side of him. It's what I've seen from the Messenger of Allah. And this is a hadith which is found in Surah Abi Dawud. Narration found in Surah Abi Dawud, and this narration is, uh, is uh, Sahih. This narration is Sahih. And as for the Jama'ah, Ibn Qudama mentions, فَإِنْ وَقَفُوا قُدَّامَهُ أَوْ عَنْ يَسَارِهِ لَمْ يَسِحْ And as for in the Jama'ah, if they stand in front or to the left, then the Salah is not correct. And this is the call of Jamhur. This is the call of the Jamhur. Yeah, in the call of the, the uh, majority. That if, any, if the individual prays in front of the Imam, then the Salah is batil. Now, if a person prays in front of the Imam, the Salah is batil. Then you have the, the Madhab of uh, Imam Malik, where they state that there is a istithna, or there is an exception to this, and this exception is if it's the hal durura. So if there is a durura, yani if it's a necessity, then in this scenario, you can pray in front of the Imam. And what would the necessity necessarily be? No. There's absolutely no space behind the Imam. So if there's no space behind the Imam, and you still need to establish the Salah. Generally, what you'd find as well, that this will probably be in relation to which Salah we'll be talking about. Salatul Jum'ah. Naam, why? Because the other salawat, you can say, okay, afterwards you pray after. Uh, if, the, if there's no space, naam, labats, once they completed the salat, then we'll pray after them. Due to the durura, or due to the naam, the same durura, or the same scenario, that they can't pray, they can't establish the salat with that jama'ah. However, with salatul jama'ah, they cannot now say we're going to pray after. So, because that is, there's only one salat that's established. And so once that salah is established after the khutbah, then the salah is over. And so then it can be stated that because of that scenario, the durura, yani in accordance with the, uh, the matter of Imam Malik, that this is the scenario where the individual can pray in front of the imam. Any other time, then they pray, they have to pray behind the imam. Now, when salat imra'a bin nisa qamat ma'ahunna fi safan wasat. And so, if a woman prays with a the woman, then she establishes establish the salah in the, yani the middle. Naam. And this is in relation to the, the woman, if the women are praying, yani by themselves, only the women. Allah Ta'ala knows best. Now, and thereafter, the Mughdah mentions, Ishtama'a Rijal, wa Subyan, wa Tintha, wa Khinatha, wa Nisa, taqaddama Rijal. And so if you have the Ishtama'a of the Rijal, 
Sabian. So you have the Ridad, the men, the children, the 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 Nisa, and the Yani Muhannaf. Then the men take precedence. So the the men, children, Muhannaf, the women. The Muhannaf is what? Intersex. What's intersex? One that has both now, both the both uh, the body parts of male, both and the body parts of female. Now, and such individual, they have the particular ahkam as well, specific ahkam. However, this is the one that is that literally has. Yeah, the, the these body parts, the body parts of a male, the body parts of a female. So refers to the Muhammad. Not this this uh, this belief that we see now. I just, this this uh, was referred to believe is the stupidity, if you say, that we have now, where a person says, "I believe I'm a man," but he has the he has the biology of a, of a woman. I believe I'm a woman. It's biology of a man. Now, this person cannot now apply. Say, I I found some ahkam in regards to the Muhammad. That apply to me now, because this goes back to the biology of the individual, and not what the person, due to a marad and Allah Taala's best, believes within their mind. Now, and so, Allah if you have all of these individuals together, then the rijal lead the women. The rijal lead all of these individuals. It's the men that lead. Now. And thereafter, so if the Rajal, then the Subyan, then the child, the child can lead. So the father is the, the men, then the children, then the Muhammad. Naam, why? Then after the, the Subyan. Because the Asam is the man. The As, yeah, Naam, the Ihtimal, it be a man. <laughs> now, is that, is it, it, the person is possible that he could be a man. And then finally, the Nisa. Now, I'm finally Nisa. Thereafter, the Quran mentions, وَمَنْ كَبَّرْ قَبْرَ السَّلَامَ الْإِمَامِ فَقَدْ أَدْرَكَ الْجَمَاعَةِ And whoever makes takbir before the Imam gives the salam, then he has caught the jama'ah. Naam is caught the jama'ah. So the individual makes a takbir before the imam, uh, before the imam is in taslim. Naam, he's caught the jama'ah. Why? Because this individual, adrak, juz and min salah he's, he's caught a part of the salah of the imam. Even though, let's say for example, the imam sitting uh, in the final raka'ah, toib, and so he has to say his uh, isha. And... He's caught the final raka'ah, or he's, he's caught the imam rather, whether the imam's sitting. In this scenario, he has to repeat, when he gets up after the imam has completed the salah, he's going to have to repeat all four raka'at. Naam, because he's missed the rakah of the final raka'ah. However, he's still caught the jama'ah because he's caught a juz min salah. Well, he's caught a rukun min salah. Rukunan. Naam, or Falatha Arkan, but 
Because he's caught. What does what are the falafel are coming? They all came to me at once. The shadow of the What's the loss now? Well, what's the scene? So he's 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 uh, come to the salah and he's caught free from the arkan of salah. And of course, it can be said that he's caught something of the jama'ah. Are we going to say it's the same as the one that caught takbir to ihram? No. But at the same time, he's caught something from the salah. And so, in this scenario, it can be said that he has caught the jama'ah. Wallahu alam. وَمَنْ أَدْرَكَ الرُّكُوءُ فَقَدْ أَدْرَكَ رَكَعَةً وَإِلَّا فَلَا And whoever has caught the rukuh, then he has caught the rakah of that imam. And if not, then not. Then he hasn't caught the rakah. Naam. And uh, Naam. This is uh, due to the narration. Which is found in Sunnah Abi Dawood. إِذَا أَدْرَكْتُمُ السُّجُورِ فَالسُّجُورِ and this is due to the narration of Abi Huraira. Where he mentions that whoever catches the, the sajda then makes sujood and he with the imam. And do not repeat anything from that. And whoever catches the ruku' then he has caught the rakah. And this is a narration which is found in the Sunnah of Dawood. And Imam Al-Bani rahimahullah mentions that this particular narration is sahih. And Allah Ta'ala most best alhamdulillah that concludes what we wish to discuss from this particular chapter. Barakallahu feekum ikhwa wa jalakumun khaira. Insha'Allah Next week we'll continue and we'll continue on to the next chapter which is the Ba'ad of Salatul Marid. I the Salah of the Marid. Ma'am, Fatah. Imam Malik, 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 Imam الذي يظهر لا الذي يصلي يصلي صلاة الجمعة في المكان أيو فيه فيه لا يصح في 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 ما في في ما يظهر هذا لا يصح لماذا لأن صلاة الجمعة لها لها أهداف أيضا للاجتماع الناس والاستماع للخطبة فاذهب إلى مكان واسع لك أو يعني اجمع اجمع المال حتى يكون المبنى يعني كافيا للجميع ولا ما نكون يعني خلاص لأن إذا فتحت هذا الباب ونقول لأن كثير من هناك كثير من الناس نعم وكم صلاة بعده أصلاتان لكن قصدي إذا إذا فتحت هذا الباب نعم فتقول يعني خلاص بسبب يعني كثرة الناس نعم نصلي صلاة الجمعتين فما هو ما ما هو المانع لواحد يقول يعني خلاص في أكثر الناس زادت العدد الناس زاد
فنصلي صلاة الجمعات. أو واحد يقول يعني خلاص زاد الناس نصلي أربع، بل حتى يكون هذا في في ما في ما حدث مع الناس بسبب أو بنسبة صلاة العيد. في بعض المساجد يصلون صلاة العيد من أول الصبح إلى ظهر. تقام الصلاة صلاة العيد على كل ساعة. No. And one salat for Eid in one place. One salat in one place, one salat in one place. Hold on. <laughs> now, the question was about establishing salat of Jum'ah in one place. Yani more than more than one Jum'ah. So establishing more than one Jum'ah. Now. But is it allowed or not allowed? Uh, to put it bluntly, not allowed. <laughs> to put it bluntly, not allowed. No. Because there's there's nothing established in the Sunnah that where we would say that the, the person or, or the jama'ah prayed more than one jummah in one place. No. So if the salat, salat is established in one place, then the people attend that. If now we say it's because there's so many people, no. then go to a place that you can pray jummah. Or get everyone, people, people get their money together and pay for the masjid to expand. No. When you pray salat to eat, no. to eat. No. So this, this is the point I was getting to. That if we now say, okay, but because there's so many people, yeah. let's say we're gonna we're going to uh, allow more than one Jum'ah. Then what ends up happening is that you now open the door to people saying, there's so many people, let's do three Jum'ahs. There's so many people, let's do four Jum'ahs. And I gave the brother the example that in some of the masajid you find for Salat al-Eid, they say, because there's so many people, we're going to start Salat al-Eid from the, the beginning of the morning all the way up to Salat al-Duhur. Every hour at Salat al-Eid for the people. So it takes away from the fadl of the Salat. I, this, this particular, these particular Salawat have ahdaf, they have goals. They have things that we want to achieve. We don't just attend Salat al-Jum'ah just to, to attend. We attend to listen to khutbah. We attend to be, to be, uh, to be collective amongst with the Muslims. If now you diminish that and take, take that away from the salah, then what ends up happening is that one person listens to one khutbah. He says, I'm going to go to this khutbah because I like that imam. Or I'm going to go to uh, this khutbah because my work finishes at this time. And then it starts to become a choice of, uh, it's, it's your picking and choosing when it comes to the salah. The people, when it comes to the, the salah to Jum'ah and the salah to Eid, it's established, the people attend it when it's established. If they cannot attend, then they try to go to a place that they can attend. If whatever, whatever's, whatever's preventing it from attending, they need to remove that affair that's preventing it from attending. Now, Zakhon, okay.